The stage is dark, but the conversation is just beginning. Welcome to the Utah Symphony's Ghost Light Podcast, a behind-the-curtain look into the world of classical music and the artists who make it. I'm your host, Jeff Counts, and I'm joined today by David Porter, violinist with the Utah Symphony, a man who helped initiate a group called MOTUS. We're here to talk about MOTUS After Dark, but first let me welcome you, David. Thank you. Great to have you. Let's start by describing MOTUS After Dark, and you might want to tell us first what MOTUS stands for. MOTUS, of course, is a play on POTUS, and it's Musicians of the Utah Symphony. Aha. So what is MOTUS After Dark? Tell us a little bit about that. So basically, it's an initiative to attract audiences to our art form and give them a chance to hear music in a form that they might be more comfortable in. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we play at bars and clubs, Mm -hmm. and uh, people are welcome to come and have a drink or a little bit of food and relax and just enjoy great classical music. It's a very non-traditional setting, isn't it? It is. And that's the whole idea, that great music is just that. And if perhaps people are turned off by a traditional concert hall setting, they can go hear music in a more relaxed setting and just enjoy that experience. This is a great idea, but it's still kind of a challenge to present what we do in a non-traditional setting. So Was this initiative modeled on something you'd seen before, done elsewhere? Well, it was started on a whim, actually. I I went to a a Mayor Becker event Mm -hmm. at a bar called O'Shucks, and Mayor Becker was just trying to illustrate the fact that businesses were suffering at the time when the Eccles Theater was being built. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, how can I help this cause and also perhaps help our own? And I thought, well... Maybe we should try putting on a concert here and seeing if there's an interest in classical music in an alternative venue and what would the reaction be. And so from then, uh, we talked to the owner of the place, Mm -hmm. uh, talked to the mayor's office, everybody was gung-ho, and the place was completely packed. That's great. And that was awesome. It was great to have so many people there. But you're right, I had to, to learn how to do it. How do you make the music the focal point? How do you make it not just a cool event, but an artistic experience? Sure. That's been a challenge for us. You've, I mean, you've probably participated to some degree in the nightlife of our community. I mean, what what about this place led you to believe it could work here, that Modus After Dark could actually get legs? Well, I've been to, you know, every time I go out after a concert, and of course you're in tails, and everybody's like, right. why are you dressed in tails? And they right. ask what you do, and I say, you know, I'm playing the Utah Symphony. Oh, that's so cool. You know, oh, I, I love this music, you know. I'd love to go, but I just but I've didn't never get been, around yeah, it or yeah. haven't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I realized that there's a real interest. And the other part that I realized is that I ran a chamber music series for many years, right. and, you know, you'd meet people at a at a bar after a concert, and you'd be like, Hey, come to, come to our concert. I yeah. think you'll like it. I'll I'll leave you some tickets. Mm-hmm. And they go and they're like, "Wow, I just love that Shostakovich piece. It reminded me of this or that film score." Sure. And and this was not at all the experience I expected. And I realized that it's not the music so much; it's what people's perception of what we do is the the issue. And Absolutely. so the idea is let's get rid of any perceptions they have and just put them in a situation where they're going to have a good time no matter what. And then all of a sudden they're like, wow, I love this piece. And it's been very educational for me too because the music that I 
assume they would like is very often not what they like. And the music that I thought, hmm, this might be a little bit of a stretch for them has often been the very things that have really drawn them in. So it sounds like what you're saying is that when you remove some of the concert hall filters, that the access to the art is more pure and they're reacting to it on a level that you haven't experienced before. Exactly right. What kind of things are the audience members telling you about Modus After Dark? What, what are they saying about the experience they're having? Well, one of the things that, that comes up often is, I had no idea that is such a great player. So some uh-huh. player, well, I remember we have a new violinist named Hugh Palmer. Sure. He got up and he played this piece that Milstein wrote called Paganini on him. Nathan Milstein was a great right. 20th century violinist. Right. And it's it's showy it's really hard yeah and he got up and he just nailed it it was yeah. like a, you know it could have been a soloist in front of the the symphony you know, sure. it was at that level sure and just to see people's jaws drop and realize that you have talent like that sitting in the middle of the orchestra yeah um that is one of the great things about this is it really illustrates the individual musician's level and commitment to their art form. You could be in the sweat zone of somebody playing a piece like that in That's one of exa- these settings. Yes. Is that exciting for the it's audience? very exciting. Yeah. They can react to it yeah. and they can yell during the music yeah. as long as it's a reaction to the music. you know. And that's the what I've, I think I'm getting there yeah. where nowadays you know, people come and they listen to the music and when they're excited about something in the music, they react. Right, you know? right. Um, and it's not meant to replace the concert of course not right it's just meant to um, be another avenue to appreciating our art form well i know the utah symphony as a company is probably hopeful that this endeavor of yours will actually bring people to the symphony concerts i'm sure that's a big and that's absolutely right so where does modus go from here i mean what's the immediate future hold do you think um well i've been talking to local businesses Mm -hmm. about their young professionals and saying hey what do you think about sponsoring us and bring and, and letting your company know that we have this and this is a great opportunity for for your employees to go out, have a good time, and maybe through that get involved in supporting the arts mm-hmm, in, in mm-hmm. their community. And so that's what I've been doing, and I've mm-hmm. had a really great reaction from mm-hmm. business leaders, and that's been exciting. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. You know, I know from my years in this business that the orchestral musician sort of community across the country has very open, rich, meaningful lines of communication. You guys talk to each other a lot about issues, both global and local. I'm wondering if you're pitching this idea to your colleague orchestras across the country. I mean, David, you should franchise this. (laughs) Well, um, I want to make sure that my colleagues in the orchestra are engaged in really running it too, so that it's not just, hey, you know, David Porter is doing this thing. Mm-hmm. I want it to be a lot of my musician colleagues really advocating for it and believing in it. And we're getting there. There's more and more people are involved in, in running it. And when we get there, I think there are things about what we do that's different than initiatives in other orchestras. Sure. I think, for instance, we use amplification. Mm-hmm. Um, what that means is people can go and actually have a normal experience at a bar. If yeah. you do it with no amplification, it's really just a concert, right. and that's the issue. Sure, you know, um, we don't only program chamber music with the same four people. We program a huge variety of music. Right, and so people come and they hear a brass quintet. They hear a solo violinist play Paganini. Mm-hmm. They hear a string quartet. 
and then they hear a mixture of all of those together. Yeah. And I think the, a dynamic concert experience is one of the most important things. You know, one of the great things about classical music, and one of the most unfortunate things about the name of the genre, is that people just think of classical music and they immediately think of like Eine Kleine Nacht music and they think of it as elevator music sometimes. Sure. Everybody has their own stereotype of it. Something they have to experience in absolute silence. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so like saying I don't like classical music would be like saying I don't like fruit because you you know. (laughs) That's a good way to put it. You know, there is such a huge variety and that's what I try to illustrate here. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. Tell tell our listeners where they can go to stay up on the plans of Modus After Dark. Um, we we have a website called mm-hmm. modusafterdark.com. Okay. And um, there they can actually purchase one of our, our red hats, um, Make Music Great Again. Excellent. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. You've just time-stamped this podcast for all time. Thank you very much. <laughs> Yes. I love it. Well, so Dirk. that's modusafterdark.com. So please yes. check that out. I, we've got one more question for you, yeah. David, and it's one we ask everybody on the Ghost Light Podcast. Have you, David Porter, ever seen a ghost? Do you have any paranormal experiences to report? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that question. Um, I grew up in a very old Victorian house um, that for part of its history was a nursing home. Uh-oh. And... It had all kinds of creepy things in that house. Uh-huh. It had old bedpans and had these bizarre old sharpening stones for whatever reason <laughs> and all kinds of old, really creepy farm tools, yeah. scythes and yeah. such. And um, I do remember um, I, I, my dog Star died and I would often see the ghost of Star sitting on the landing. Really? Um, but the most terrifying night in that house by far was when my parents left me alone for the first time, and I thought it would be a terrific idea to watch The Shining. <laughs> and Not a good plan, David. Yes. Yeah. And I got to the scene where there's the two little girls, and I absolutely freaked out. I bet. And then every sound in that old house creaking and had the widow walk on top, and I was convinced that all of the old nursing home attendees had come <laughs> and to star life. yes and and my dog yeah. yes so. incredible story thank yes. you so much thank you for sharing that with us yes. and it's great to hear about modus after dark good luck with that endeavor uh, thank you and uh, and if you guys want to come december 16th at the red door is our is our first one for the year excellent so. thank you david porter for joining us Holiday performances continue this weekend at Abravanel Hall with the Utah Symphony's family favorite, Here Comes Santa Claus. We'll deck the halls with beloved Christmas songs, a joyful sing-along, and if we're good, a visit from Santa himself. Tickets and information are available at utahsymphony.org. The Ghostlight Podcast is produced by Chad Call. Utah Symphony Utah Opera's season sponsor is the George S. and Dolores Dore Eccles Foundation.